0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 3rd and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, I'm with Jake here. Hey, how we doing? Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get Lunas. Um, we were going to do a look back at our hot takes at the beginning of the season, but we're just going to push that off to next week, which is fine, because, you know, maybe things will change in a week. Um, we're going to keep this one kind of short and sweet. I know everyone's probably enjoying their holidays, Thanksgiving, whatnot. So uh, let's just get right into it. Jake, what were your uh, week eleven highlights?
1: I mean, I think the big one that everyone can really, pretty obviously tell is the Joe Burrow injury. He was looking great. He was definitely one of the front runners, if not the front runner, with Justin Herbert for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, him going down, it looks really bad. I think he tore his ACL and MCL. Uh, they're calling it a nine to twelve. And PCL, I think. Yeah, he really <laughs> just the full knee. Yeah, to use the terms that the Broncos did with uh, Cortland Sutton, he just tore up his knee. Um, but it, it's really sad to see. They're calling it like a 9-12-month to injury, which potentially could have put him out all of next year, which is really sad to see from a guy that was looking so promising. Um, I could definitely see the, the, uh, the Bengals trading out of one of these top two picks that they probably are going to get just to get – a boatload of draft capital moving forward since they don't need a quarterback and probably will not want to take Justin Fields. I don't, I'm assuming no one's catching the jets for that first overall pick, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it's really sad. And I I, I'm curious on your thoughts on how it's going to affect Tyler Boyd and, and, and Higgins who we've in the past have been raving about thought they're really coming on strong and now they might not have our QB for a full another season after this
0: yeah so a couple of things i guess um first i i still feel like they need to draft offensive line like uh there's talk about this guy sewell or whoever his name is out of oregon the the yeah. tackle um you know at the rate they're going they might be high enough to draft him uh depends on like what the nfc east is doing because they could all oh, probably use a tackle too Um, with the Jags. I mean, Jags are probably going to go and get a quarterback. Um, So it looks like they could pick him up. And I think that'd be a smart move because you need to protect Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looked good. He looked like he could be your future quarterback. Like he was on pace for a very, very strong rookie season. And it was just only getting like he was getting competition from Justin Herbert, who out times outshone him. So it was a toss up on who the rookie of the year was going to be. Um, but just protect Joe Burrow. Um, Now, speaking of his assets, uh, his wide receivers, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, we haven't seen T. Higgins without Joe Burrow, so that's going to be a big question mark, especially when, and much of it depends on what the coaching staff does and who they feel is the number one wide receiver on the team. I think they still think it's Boyd. I think they lean Boyd, and what you typically see is When the backup quarterback comes in, he normally goes to the first read. So whatever the play is dialed up for, um, that's probably who's going to get the target. I think that's going to mean Tyler Boyd for this team. Um, When Andy Dalton went down, right, that was last year, Andy Dalton on the Bengals went down. And we had – it was Finley in, right? It wasn't –
1: I don't even remember who it was, honestly. I don't think it was Finley.
0: No, yeah, wait, who it was the I think it was when the other guy, um God, what's his name? Um I'll think of it in a second, but the backup last year who filled in for Andy Dalton, I believe targeted Tyler Boyd like six times last year. I'll pull up the stats in front of me. But oh yeah, so here it is. Brandon Allen. Um he started let's see if it'll
1: ever want to load for me. He started in weeks – It week... looks like Ryan Finley started weeks 10, 11, and 12 last year. Um, maybe
0: week 12. But I think
1: Brandon Allen
0: – oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because who was Brandon Allen on last year?
1: I think he was on the Broncos, wasn't he?
0: Is that who – yeah, okay. That makes so much more sense. I was so confused. Yeah. So when Brandon Allen was playing for the Broncos, I believe he kept – feeding Cortland Sutton. I think that's what happened. Um, And so I think that's what we're probably going to see with Tyler Boyd. Moral of the story is we're probably going to see Tyler Boyd um, get a lot of targets. I don't know what's going to happen with T Higgins Um, in any aspect. If I was looking to purchase Tyler Boyd or T Higgins, I'd probably want to wait a little bit. Because I can imagine they're going to keep up the same pace that they had um, going into these past couple weeks, um, so you'll probably see a downtick in their production. Maybe someone will be on the edge, not so sure about what Burrow is going to be like when they come back. You might have a good buy low opportunity. It's kind of like what we saw with C. D. Lamb. I mean, most experienced. Dynasty players aren't going to give up on CeeDee Lamb knowing that Ben DiNucci was the quarterback and whatever, well, whoever else was the quarterback. Hey, don't you talk bad about Gucci DiNucci. He tried his <laughs> best. <laughs> he was the one sideway passes. Um, but, yeah, so, like, most experienced owners aren't going to do this. But, like, if you have someone that's starting to get worried about those kind of players and their production, it would definitely be a good time to buy low. It is a good question, though, of when Joe Burrow does come back. I I just – if it's a nine- to 12-month injury and it's, like, week eight when he's supposed to be back healthy and the Bengals are one and seven, two and six, like,
1: do they even bring him in at that point? That was my thoughts of, like, even if he's ready to go, let's say – even if you want to put it, like, 12 months, like, right now, next year, like, week 10, 11 in there, like – there's a good chance that without him in the first 10 weeks of the season that they could be, you know, two and eight, whatever it is, one and nine. Like, they're they're going to be bad without, that, uh, without Joe Burrow. So there's no point to bring him in in meaningless football games, let him get healthy, let him continue to work out, rehab the knee, and come back in 2022. Obviously, as a dynasty owner that you probably just took, you know, Burrow is – a top three pick, if not the number one overall pick in a super flex league, it's tough to hear. And you're not, you're not happy with it. And you're probably looking at another top three prick yourself because you're not going to have a guy you just paid a lot for in that top pick. Yeah.
0: So my question to you is if you're a Joe Burrow owner, would you treat him one for one for Justin Herbert?
1: I mean, I don't think the Herbert owner is going to give him. That, that's what I was going to get at. Yeah. I don't think,
0: the. I don't know what on top of Herbert you have to give up to get Burrow, but it's, it could be substantial in a super flex league. It probably will be because you're basically trading
1: for a guy that's not going to play for a year.
0: Yeah. You're punting a whole year. So, I mean, I feel like it's got to be a hold for Burrow. Um, you know, unless you feel like your team really is a win now position and you want to trade for like an older vet. Um, but at that point you're going to want to recoup a lot of the value in like picks or other assets like wide receiver running back. Um, Yeah. And so I also was able to look up when Brandon Allen was the quarterback for the Broncos last year um, in his two games, they played Cleveland and Minnesota Um, in both games, Cortland Sutton had eight and nine targets for 56 and 113 yards and touchdown. So he was able to keep at least one, wide receiver productive. Um, I don't know if we're going to see that from both wide receivers, but I think at least one will still
1: fare okay. Um, what was your next highlight? My next highlight is that the Ravens are fucking frauds. I've been saying it for weeks now. They're fucking frauds. Sell the whole team except Dobbins because he's a young running back and beyond the point of Everyone else, sell them. Omar, Andrews, Marquise, Marquise Brown – uh, I don't know if anyone has Snead or Boykin or any of these other guys, but sell them all. The Ravens are frauds. They stink.
0: Yeah, one of the Ravens is uh, on my trending down, so I'll save my rant on him in a little bit. Um, but it, it's, it's so interesting to see what has happened in the past, I don't know, year. Like, I feel like it's it's been maybe not the full year. I think they're still firing on all cylinders going into the end of last year. Um, But we've seen the Titans have had their number. Um, Now we're seeing all these other teams figure out their key to keeping Lamar in check, Um, which I feel like a lot of people did predict was going to happen. Like, it was impossible for him to keep up the pace that he was at. I just don't think anyone really expected, like, this big of a drop-off. Now, there is concern about, like, he was talking about Greg Roman and how teams are able to predict their offense – I just don't know what the Ravens are supposed to do. Are they going to get rid of Greg Roman? Do you think they move on to a different coordinator? Because last year this offense looked
1: amazing, and now it's just entirely different. I think you have to. I, I really think you have to. If you're this, if you're the Ravens, just because like I hate to equate this to like the Kaepernick and Greg Roman in there, but after like he Kaepernick came in and he looked fantastic, that offense was unlike anything we'd ever seen, completely innovative. And the following year, it was just so bad. And, like, it seems to be repeating itself in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. And, obviously, Lamar is not, you know, your prototypical pocket passer kind of quarterback. But he is a talented passer. He did have 30-something touchdown passes last year on top of his rushing production. So, like, he's there. You have the weapons around him and, you know, a high pick in Marquise Brown you know, a talented tight end and Mark Andrews, uh, you have a good offensive line. I know uh, St- Stanley, whatever, Ronnie Stanley just got mm-hmm. hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that hurts different this year, but next year he'll be back. I don't know. This offense is too talented to be playing the way it is. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I think you have to move on from Greg Roman here, at least try something new, get some new blood in there, try something different. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know who they'd move on to though. It's, to scheme an entire offense around Lamar Jackson, it's a completely different project than most other quarterbacks. Um, But if they do decide to move on from Greg Roman, I'm sure Greg Roman will pick up another spot in a different offense. And that would be an offense I'd be uh, looking at for the future, Um, because I'm sure he could bring an uptick to a team, especially in the first
1: year. Yeah, he's definitely deserving of an NFL job, but just the disappointment that, he's brought to this offense following last year's you know MVP season from Lamar I I just don't think you can bring him back I think the offense has been too bad
0: yeah no good points I agree with those um so my first highlight is the Lions played the Panthers and they got shut out and the Lions without Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift it's it's bad like (laughs) they couldn't do anything like you want to talk about what happened. So carry on Johnson and Adrian Pearson, the two other running backs who prior to last two weeks ago against Washington were like the lead running backs on the team. Well, more so AP that they combined for 35 yards on 13 carries Um, against the Carolina defense. Who's not that good at a rush defense. Uh, They played the Washington defense the week prior and Deandre Swift ran for over 80 yards against them. And, Washington's run defense is much better than Carolina. Um, Then, you know, looking at the receivers without Kenny Galladay, all you really had was Marvin Jones, who had four catches for 51 yards. The next leading receiver was um, actually technically TJ Hawkinson, who's looked like the one bright spot when the other two are out. Um, Now – Yeah, so TJ Hawkinson has looked like the only real good a- asset on the Lions other than Kang Alda and DeAndre Swift. But Hawkinson looks like he's an easy top five tight end for the future. I know we have a solid draft, uh, tight end draft class coming in, but Hawkinson has looked very good recently. Um, with the fan injury and what's going on in the Broncos, I think he, I would definitely call him the number one tight end from uh, last year. And then with the most recent rookie draft class, we haven't really seen much from any tight ends yet. Harrison Bryant, maybe. Cole Komet, maybe. But they haven't shown nearly enough to be good. But last thing I got to say about the Lions is Matthew Stafford deserves so much better. It's so tough to watch him play. So
1: much better. I feel so bad for the guy. Like, obviously – he was drafted to the Lions after their 0-16 season. He's been only there. He's been super loyal, never thought about leaving, never badmouthed the team, never done anything when he easily could have because they've been so bad for so long and really given him no help in his entire career. Um, you know, he's seen guys like, you know, Calvin Johnson retire early because of, of the Lions, and, you know, it's, I feel really bad for him. I'd like – I've said this before. I'd love to see him personally in Las Vegas – Um, I think Derek Carr has probably earned his job for next year just because he's looked pretty good. Um, But I think Stafford and John Gruden with that receiving core of, you know, uh, Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Waller and even like guys like Aguilar who've looked pretty good this year. Like that would be a fun offense to watch with Josh Jacobs behind him in the backfield. I I, I would be really excited if that were to happen. Yeah. So um, I'll actually talk about that in a second with my next
0: highlight. But the last thing I got to say about this game is P.J. Walker intrigued me. I'll put it at that. He's looked he's looked better than a lot of the other replacement quarterbacks that have come in this season, like, you know, thinking about, like, the old vets like Joe Flacco, but also, you know, the Brett Rippians and the Jake Lutons. Um, we're going to see Mike Glennon this week. I can't imagine that's going to be anything. P.J. Walker looked – Decent. He, he had. Awesome. He looked pretty good. I, I I don't know if I'm willing to stamp that on that yet. Yeah. He looked fearless, which worked for him a little bit, and okay. didn't and, and did at times like he threw <laughs> two end zone picks, which are just so demoralizing for a team. Um, but he also had like some long bombs, including that one long touchdown. Um, to who was it? Was it Curtis Samuel? Uh, um, I think it was a DJ Moore along the sideline. i talking about. Yeah, but I don't think I went for the touchdown. But he, he did have that long pass for the DJ Moore, um, which also looked very good. It looked like a dime. Um, he's someone I got my eyes on in Superflex League. I actually picked him up in our league. I mean, I don't know what he really amounts to, but any quarterback that could prove to be a starter quarterback, starting quarterback is worth a lot in Superflex League. So if you got that roster spot, someone to grab, um, definitely a better – Speculative pickup than a lot of other random people that were probably on waivers, um, but yeah, like Jake said, Matthew Stafford on the Raiders, that would be very. I would
1: like that. The issue though is, is Derek Carr a legit quarterback? Like, I go back and forth on this issue every (laughs) every week. He seems to have one good week, one bad week. I I don't know anymore. But you know, he played well this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, two
0: of his good weeks were against the Kansas City Chiefs, the former uh, – the reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, he went toe-to-toe with them this week and beat them um, earlier in the season. Um, he, he had a strong stat line of 23 for 31 for 275, three touchdowns. He did have one pick, but that was like at the end of the game. I can't really blame him from that. And he was just, you know, trying to make something of nothing because uh, – you know, Mahomes just went down the field with less than two minutes. <laughs> going on. Um, yeah, my, my other highlight from this, though, and something I want to, like, talk about a little more is the rookie wide receivers on the Raiders just can't get a footing in this offense. Now, part of this is, like, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver drafted, obviously, and you've seen people behind him, like Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, have much more successful... Uh, starts to their career. But something that I think that, that needs to be focused on is like John Gruden is a difficult coach to learn the offense in. And, and, you know, like we've just seen Derek Carr start to, you know, really mesh with the system and everything, and he's looked a lot better this year. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro still got his spot. I think that's more because of experience. The only other part of this, though, that is – you know, kind of mind-boggling is Nelson Aguilar looks like a completely different receiver than he did on the Eagles. Now, we've talked bad about Carson Wentz before, but I can't imagine it's just the switch of quarterback. Like, I, I just don't know what's going on with this offense. I, my, my final point about this, though, is I still wouldn't lose out hope if you drafted Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards. Um, it's still very early. I, I think, it, you know, coming in and starting on a Gruden offense can't be that easy compared to some other teams. Um, yeah, I think they're both holds right now. What do yeah, you think?
1: I think both of them are really guys that I would personally look to buy low on. I don't know how low you're going to be able to get on, on Rugs because he was likely, you know, a back-end first-round pick, if not super early second-round pick. And Brian Edwards probably was a second round pick in your rookie draft as well, if not early third. So they're both guys that people have a lot of draft capital in. I don't know how ready they are to give up on, but they are guys I would look to buy low on just because I don't know how long term success uh, Aguilar is going to have. I don't know even guys like who else is there? Who's their other receiver? Oh, Renfro. Renfro. Yeah. I, like he's good. He's good. And he, you know, I know Gruden loves him cause he's like a Gruden grinder kind of guy <laughs> where he's just like, you know, a real tough guy and gets his job done. But uh, he, you know, Ruggs and uh, Edwards are more talented than both those guys. Um, I don't know what's up with uh, Aguilar like you said, like it can't just be to switch from Wentz to Carr. Like that's not that big a difference, even with a Wentz playing so bad. And I, I'm still so out on Wentz, it's a joke. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, actually,
0: let me cut you off right there for a
1: second. Um, the
0: other podcast, the Normal 3rd and 20, um, they did – and Lunas joined them. If you go to 3rd and 20 on YouTube – You'll actually see they covered an in-depth look into Carson Wentz and why he's struggling this year. I definitely recommend it, especially if you're a Carson Wentz owner or if you're looking to buy on Carson Wentz or if you even think it's worthwhile. Um, yeah, definitely go check them out. They're in 20 on YouTube. They do a breakdown. All right, sorry,
1: Jake. <laughs> no, I definitely the... promote promote the, the rest of the guys, so it's <laughs> good, to, good to jump in there. Um, but, yeah, this, this Raiders offense really confuses me. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is going to get a a fuck ton of carries every week they just ride him but the passing game it it goes through Waller right now and I'm surprised because they spent a lot of draft capital in the NFL draft I'm saying taking Ruggs as the first receiver off the board and then Brian Edwards in the third round so I I feel like at some point they got to come in and take over the for these guys that are more just you know placeholders while they learn the Gruden offense because like you said it's a tough offense to learn a lot of different a lot of moving parts a lot of different calls a lot of different audibles and things so i wouldn't be too worried about them obviously they don't look great right now and i think you sent us a stat and to me and Lunas in our little group <laughs> chat that if you combine rugs and and edwards fantasy points they'd be something like receiver 84 or something like that yeah. which is just so bad i feel, I don't know i'm, I'm shocked because i was so high on brian edwards i thought he was not can't miss can't miss prospect. He looked great at South Carolina, fell right to a perfect spot where they really, I thought they didn't have any depth at wide receiver, but apparently I was just wrong. So. Yeah.
0: So the stat is if you combine both of them now, it's kind of unfair because Brian Edwards was out for a good chunk of the season. But if you combine both of them, they have 68.6 fancy points this year, which would make them wide receiver 75 combined. And currently there's eight other rookies that have outscored the two of them. Um, <laughs> which is not great, <laughs> not great. Um, are you concerned at all, though, that Henry Ruggs specifically could be, like, a real good, like, actual NFL wide receiver, but fantasy-wise just not as relevant?
1: From what I've seen, like, I, before the season started, I really thought they were going to do – a lot of creative things to get him the ball, you know, end arounds, you know, quick screens, even just like quick slants, just anything to get the ball in his hands. Cause he's just super dangerous with the ball in his hands. He'll make people miss. And then he's gone. That's
0: mm-hmm. all it really
1: takes for him is one, one guy to miss a tackle and then run down the sideline. That's really all it takes for Ruggs to have a relevant fantasy day. So I really thought they were going to get him involved in all these crazy creative ways. I thought that's why John Gruden reached on him a little bit in the NFL draft. Um, but I've been wrong. He's only been seeing like, you know, three or four targets a game, which it's just confusing to me. Why spend so much draft capital on a guy if you're not going to use him?
0: Yeah. He's got a
1: career high of targets
0: of five. And that was in week one. Um, last week specifically, he only had one target. Um, so trending in the wrong direction. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's still just the first year on a Gruden offense, I, I can't put too much blame on them yet. They have a nice couple weeks, though, against the Falcons and the Jets. So maybe it might be a good time for them to turn it around. I wouldn't get my hopes up,
1: though.
0: <laughs> um, all right, but if we want to move on to the trending up and trending down, who, who do you have for your trending up?
1: I got a guy that I think I was pretty down on in the past. Um, didn't really think he would make a comeback the way he has thought he was kind of a nutcase if that doesn't give it away I don't know what does but it's Antonio Brown um he's looked really good on this uh Tom Brady led offense um he's had I think 13 targets last week which mm-hmm. is just crazy because I really just I thought he was going to be an afterthought kind of just signed to keep Tom Brady happy but I'm wrong I'm, I'm completely wrong like he's he's consistent and i i really thought it was you know going to be him the afterthought but really it's turned into he's kind of the the go-to guy for brady and you know they look for mike evans in the in the red zone obviously being six five and all that but i think godwin's the one that's been being left out which came as a real shock to me um i don't know how you think uh antonio brown is but i think for a contender that's looking for one more flex guy, I think he's a great buy.
0: Yeah, I'll cover that in the next segment. Um, but I agree with you in that regard. My only issue is, are we still worried about the off-the-field issues? Like, there was another report that came out where <laughs> – What, he, he threw st- the bicycle at the uh, the security shack yeah, or something? Yeah, he, like, smashed a camera and stuff. Like, I, I, I still think he's the same old Antonio Brown, but, like <laughs> – Do we think he's able to keep it together enough where he doesn't, you know, get himself suspended? Like, I think that the the sexual assault case is still pending too, right? So I don't even know.
1: But as long as he's obviously long-term value in Antonio Brown, not not really there. Um, He's a 32-year-old wide receiver. That's a fucking nutcase. (laughs) <laughs> so, And like you said, at any point he could be suspended for a variety of different off-the-field incidents. But as long as he's on the field, last week he had eight targets for seven receptions. This week he had 13 targets for eight receptions. He's going to get the ball. Tom Brady likes him. I don't know what it is, but TB12 likes him. We
0: We just need him to keep it together for like five more weeks. That's literally it. (laughs) That's all
1: we're asking is through the end of the year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Do you want to do your trending down now too?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, My trending down, I stuck with the same team. Uh, It's also a Buccaneers player. Uh, It's Leonard Fournette. Uh, He's just – I don't know what's wrong with him. Obviously, he was never a a great yards per carry guy, um, even with Jacksonville. But he just looks bad, like really, really bad. And I've seen videos of – and, like, broke down film of him just – he looks like he's just running into the offensive line on purpose. Like, I've heard – like, there's a video, like, where they open a hole and then he cuts the opposite way and runs into the back of a guy. I'm like, what is going on? Like, he just (laughs) looks completely lost out there, doesn't know what's going on. And on top of that, Ronald Jones is completely outplaying him. I mean, obviously, neither had a great week – last week against the Rams, but that's going up against Aaron Donald in that front seven. It's a really tough, tough ask for any running back, so I don't put too much value in that, but you know, Leonard Fournette just looks completely lost, and Ronald Jones, I think it's showing a lot of Ronald Jones value of showing how much better he is than Leonard Fournette right now. I'm so afraid of the Bruce Arians running backs.
0: Like, You just never know what's going to happen. Like, currently, Ronald Jones does look good, but you know, who knows? Keyshawn Vaughn might eventually pop up and then just sort of
1: snatch that job <laughs> Don't in. don't don't tell me this. Don't tell me this. I mean,
0: it could happen. I don't like I'm I'm worried about all of those at running backs. But the one I'd definitely be the most worried about, Leonard Fournette. You know, people were talking about Jonathan Taylor not being able to find the right hole and having terrible vision. At Leonard Fournette. And not only that, Leonard Fournette couldn't
1: catch the ball. He could not catch the ball last week. Um I Which think he's in his own head at this point. I think he yeah. realizes he's playing so bad, and it's just completely in his own head.
0: It's almost like the baseball yips. Like, he's
1: got he's got yips. Yeah, he's um, like, there's a hole. Oh, wait, let me just run into the back of my line, and that seems like a better idea. Yeah, not good, not good. Um, did you even have any optimism about Lauren Fournette on the Bucs?
0: Because I honestly didn't even from the start of the
1: year? Like- I wasn't a big uh, Ronald Jones guy. I really thought he was just kind of a, another another body, another running back that they could throw out there. So I thought mm-hmm. there was a, a potential hope for uh, Leonard Fournette just because I thought the Bucks were going to be good. They're going to be up in games. They're going to be handing the ball off a lot, and that's the case. It's just he hasn't looked good enough to receive those carries. So at this point, no, and I don't really see – much value in him at all moving forward. I don't see a team giving him a job after this performance on with the Bucks this year. So I, maybe he's a, in a, you know, a three headed committee somewhere else next year, but maybe he resigns and just stays in the same role he is right now. But overall, I don't see Leonard Fournette really having much value going forward, which really kind of screwed a lot of people because he was a last minute cut in training camp. And people thought he was still going to have some value with the Jags this year. People thought he was going to have the role that uh, James Robinson had. And look how good he's done. So, I don't know. I'm just way down on Leonard Fournette right now. Imagine being the Jags and drafting Leonard Fournette with your first-round pick. Yeah, imagine (laughs) passing on Mahomes and taking Leonard Fournette. Wow. Imagine passing on Mahomes and Watson and taking Leonard Fournette.
0: They're like, oh, dang, we didn't get Mitch Trubisky. Let's (laughs) let's get (laughs) Larry.
1: Hey, last Uh, party Mitch is going to start this week. He's back, baby. He's back.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of starting quarterbacks, though, my trending up, um, and this can just as easily be trending down for a lot of other players, my trending up is Taysom Hill. We had this podcast last week, and –
1: my boy, was be James. my boy Jameis got completely <laughs> yeah.
0: cocked. We were caught. so excited for Jameis uh, to see what was going to happen with him against the Atlanta defense. And, you know, Sean Payton stole that from us. Now, credit to Sean Payton. They won the game pretty handily. So, I, uh, you know, maybe the New Orleans Super Bowl winning head coach knows more about football than we do. I don't know. I'll let the fans decide. But Taysom Hill looked Decent, you know, a lot of it was running. Uh, He he had to run to get open to throw the ball. He had to run to score touchdowns. But, you know, like Sean Payton trusted him enough over Jameis Winston to be the quarterback, and it looks like he's going to be the quarterback going forward. Perhaps he's the quarterback next year, like, because they're not going to be high enough to draft a solid quarterback. So, you know, Taysom Hill could be a good speculative buy to go if you're struggling at that QB position in Superflex, especially with the rushing upside. Do I think he's a starter three years from now? Probably not. I just, you know, can't picture that happening. Even Lamar Jackson, who's, you know, very good at running and decent at throwing, like, is starting to look questionable. And this is now Taysom Hill that we're talking about, who's – you know believe it or not also 30 years old already it's not like he's a young Yeah,
1: he came out from BYU super old so yeah so you know but he, he's a good speculative ad that you like you could still get for pretty
0: cheap I mean obviously this week has definitely bumped up his value hence why he's my training up um but yeah I mean another speculative ad though James Winston he didn't start this week it looks like he's not going to be starting for the foreseeable future for the scenes like He's someone I might go out and buy if I, I just need a dart throw at quarterback. Um, these guys aren't really my trending down, but the Falcons, when Julio Jones like gets hurt, like they look like a very different offense and one that I don't want many pieces of. Matt Ryan looked bad. Top Gurley looked bad. The only one that had even like a – I guess the only two really that had a solid game were Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Hayden Hurst was, like, not even noticeable. Like, he might as well have just been... Didn't Hayden Hurst put up a donut this week? Did he? Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he wasn't even noticeable. He literally couldn't have played, and he would have got you just as many points. Could have stayed home. He could have gone to a venture
1: park if he wanted. Would have got you (laughs) the same amount of points. (laughs) (laughs) We got the same amount of points as Hayden Hurst this week, JT. I know
0: there are probably a couple players that might've turned the ball over that we might've outscored. So some, some teams should look into us to uh, start for them. But speaking of players, not putting up a lot of points (laughs) or scoring the same amount of points as us, (laughs) my trending down Marquise Brown,
1: which pains me to say, Oh God, the Ravens again. Why are we bringing them up again?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It pains me to say he was my trending down though. I, I, I have to talk about him. It's just, It hurts to see, like, there's so many times where he stretches the field and he's open and Lamar's just not looking his direction. Or if he does, he overthrows him. Then the one time he does see him this week, it hits Marquise Brown through the hands into the face, like, and he drops it. (laughs) Um, He actually doesn't have a lot of drops on the season, you know, contrary to what could be popular belief. Uh, It's a lot of overthrows and, like, uncatchable targets. But it's just so frustrating to see – he was, he was the first rookie wide receiver. He was the first uh, wide receiver drafted um, now two years ago, and he's had, like, really, really good games, but he's also had games like this where he's put up zero points. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype on him going into the season. He gained a few pounds, and by few, I mean actually, like, 15 to 20. Um, you know, they're saying he still kept his speed. His foot injury was healed. People were like, oh, he – could even bump into the wide receiver one range. I was never hot that high on him. But I did think he would, could be a solid wide receiver, too, as the first wide receiver on this Ravens offense, which we all thought was going to be really great. Um, yeah, now he's just got to be a hold, though. Like, I, I think the the future is still bright for Marquise Brown, but right now it's just – it's murky. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts to – Hear me like, out,
1: JT. Hear, I'll hear me you out. out. I'll hear you out. I believe in the Marquise Brown talent. I do not believe in the Marquise Brown situation whatsoever. (laughs) I know. Whatsoever. Get him on a team that has a legitimate passing offense, he would be a special player. You know, even if you just put him opposite Devontae Adams in Green Bay, something like that, it would be unbelievable. (laughs) Even if you just put him in, like, Houston – right? Instead of Brandon Cooks, like something like that. I think he would be unbelievable. Like there's just so many different places where he could go, where he could be really special. And Baltimore is just, why have soldiers if you're not going to use them? (laughs) I mean, three
0: targets tough this week. He's had, you know, multiple multiple games where he hasn't seen more than uh, six targets. It looks like six targets is really his average. Um, which is tough if you're going to be the team's number one wide receiver to only see six passes. Um, you know, Keenan Allen on Los Angeles is seeing, like, 13, 15 a game. Like, Yeah,
1: Diggs is seeing about the same thing as Keenan Allen up in that 12, 13 range. Yeah. Like, Keenan Hopkins, who has, you know, reliable Larry Fitz and Christian Kirk on the other side is also seeing up in that 12 range. If you're a number one receiver and you're seeing six targets, you're not a number one wide receiver.
0: I Exactly. It hurts to see. Um and it's even more frustrating. Like you said, like, he probably would be very good on a different team. But the issue is he's a first-round pick on the Ravens offense who doesn't have – like, they don't have many other receivers. I mean, Des Bryant is getting his walker out there, and he's the leading receiver last week. Like, <laughs> um, I, just, I I, don't see them trading him. I don't think they would, at least. Um, I don't know if they keep him for that fifth year, though. So you might still have to wait another – two and a half years for him to be on another team, uh, which can be very frustrating, especially for someone that's like a speedster like Marquise Brown, who just takes the top off defenses. Like there's no guarantee he's going to keep that speed three years from now. So it's just, it hurts. It really sucks to see
1: because you probably took him pretty high in your rookie draft last year. And now we're saying the whole Ravens offense is just don't, is un, pretty much untouchable for the most part. So it's really tough to see. Really, really a tough scene.
0: Um, all right. So I said this was going to be a short episode, and it's going to be. We're moving into our last segment, the playoff buys, where Jake and I are going to tell you each one one position where we think is a good someone at each position that we think is going to be a good buy going into the fantasy football playoffs this year. So this is for mainly contenders, but also rebuilders. You might have one of these players on your team that. You know, their future isn't that bright looking forward, but right now you might be able to get a solid price for them. Um, So I guess we'll just do each position one by one. So, Jake, who do you have
1: for your playoff buy
0: at quarterback?
1: At quarterback, I got the guy that many consider to be the GOAT, six Super Bowl rings, and now he's on a new team. I got Tom Brady. Um, He's already QB seven on the year, so he's having a good year. But his playoff schedule, man, is just unbelievable. In weeks 14, 15, and 16, he plays Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit, which he should put up a boatload of points. He's already obviously 43 years old, so the price shouldn't be that high, especially if he's on a team that's not making the playoffs. Um, You should be able to grab him for no more than a second-round pick. Maybe two second-round picks maximum, just because he's played so well this year. He's a 43-year-old quarterback. Obviously, superflex adds a ton of value to him. But if you're a team that's questionable at the quarterbacks and looking to make a pretty good playoff run, Brady's your man.
0: Yeah, definitely a good, uh, good speculative. Um, you know, let's try and like hash out some potential prices that you could trade him for. Um, I'll throw a couple of hypotheticals, probably just two at you. Um, and you let me know what you think. So your contending team, you're flushed at wide receiver. You have plenty of solid wide receivers. Would you give up Jarvis Landry straight up in a one-for-one one deal? for Tom? In a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Do you think the other person, if they're, you know, in the
1: rebuilding slash not really a contender, do you think they take that? It's tough um, just because – You know, you're not getting a quarterback. Jarvis Landry's obviously not had such a great year. Um, Browns look like they're pretty content being just a completely run first team. So, I don't know. I'd probably want Landry in a pick um, just of some kind. Uh, Like I said, I think two seconds for Brady is more than a fair offer. Uh, Probably too much, maybe a second and a third kind of deal. I think Uh, if you could give up a mid-second, I might get the
0: deal done. Yeah, If, like if this team wasn't a contender, like mid-seconds, a, a nice price for someone that's probably not playing two years from now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't see Brady playing much longer. Obviously, he's already 43. I don't know how long he's going to play. So if you can get a second, uh, anything on top of that would be a bonus. If you're really, really set on keeping him, two seconds should be an auto-sell, in my opinion, especially in this draft class where – it's a very deep good class where those second round picks are probably going to be pretty, pretty valuable. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I don't think the price should be exuberantly high um, on a 43 year old player, regardless of position. Now the other guy that I want to say
0: in a one for one deal, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I'm going to ask what you think you need to add to this or, or if anything needs to be really added. Um, you just believe in Brady's playoff schedule more. You're competing this year. And you've got Ben Roethlisberger as your other quarterback in super flex League. Well, who's valued more? What are you giving up? Both seem to have a similar outlook on the rest of their careers.
1: Um, it's close. Uh, ben is obviously five years younger, 38. Not a, not a young gun by any means. But uh, he's – are, he's also QB 11, so he's having a QB one season, just as Brady is. But his playoff schedule is Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then Indy in Week 16, which is obviously a tough, not not a bad schedule. Those first two games of the playoffs are pretty, pretty, pretty comfortable for him. But Indy in Week 16 is tough, especially if you're going to rely on him to be um, your quarterback. Then I might do it straight up. I might want like a third back Brady and a third for Roethlisberger just because he's five years younger, even though Ben could – it looks like he's going to retire in pretty much the same time frame as Brady yeah. in the next one to two or three years. So I might do it straight up if you – depending on how you value uh, the, re- the remainder of the seasons for them. They're pretty similar players in my opinion, but Brady's got the easier schedule. Do
0: you think – If the Steelers win the Super Bowl this uh, season, which they've got to be now close, probably not the favorite still, because, I mean, you still got the Chiefs. But, like, do you think if the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year, Ben Roethlisberger just pulls, like, a drone Bettis and rides off into the sunset for the Steelers and is like, see ya, I'm out? Because he was on the record – Prior to the season, I don't know if you actually watched the Big Ben documentary. I I caught parts (laughs) of it and forced myself to watch all of it. Oh, God. But he said he almost did retire this season, but, you know, like just the team was so good and he liked all the guys, like he wanted to come back. Um, Do you see him retiring this year if they win the Super Bowl? Because personally, I think, yeah.
1: I would lean yes. I wouldn't say it would be 100%. I could see Ben being like, all right, let's run it back, boys. I don't know but he just seems like that type of guy not that I know him or anything but he seems like a real real competitor and if he won and really feels like he had a chance to do it again that he he would say fuck it why not um so I would probably say there would be like a 60% chance of him retiring if they win the Super Bowl like better than 50-50 um but not 100% at all yeah. but I mean, same could be said for Brady. Like, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl this year,
0: yeah, no, I, mean, I think, yeah, I, I think
1: Brady would be gone. Probably, uh,
0: I don't know. It's it's different with Brady because, like, with Brady, you you just feel like this man just wakes up, you know, eats, drinks, sleeps football. Like his life is football. With Ben Roethlisberger, guy, I think he's like, yeah, this is this is nice. I'm getting paid a lot. <laughs> Do <this. laughs>
1: Ben, ben in his walking boot, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Who do you got at quarterback to uh, for your playoff buys? Yeah,
0: so my guy is going to be more expensive. Um, you said your guy was a GOAT. Some ignorant, very ignorant people might call this guy a potential GOAT. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's QB6 on the year. Um, obviously, having a great season, J- Jake likes to say that he's on a certain tour of what kind. I, I, I don't know, but <laughs> he likes telling all his haters something.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck you, tour. Everyone, everyone thought he was done. Yeah, uh, clearly he's not. Clearly he is not. Um, his playoff schedule
0: happens to be. The Lions, the Panthers, and the Titans. So just another very easy schedule. Um, you know, he's probably going to be competing for – well, now that they lost, probably not the bye, but definitely playoff seeding and whatnot. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers is my buy. Now, obviously, he's going to be more expensive. Um, and we're not sure how long he will be staying with the Packers, how long he will be staying in the NFL. They did draft Jordan Love, but right now he just kind of seems like an afterthought at this point. While at the beginning of the year, many would have thought otherwise. Um, Jake, would you be willing to give up? You know, your contender. Would you? Would you give up elite first to get Aaron Rodgers on your team?
1: His playoff schedule is nice. He's got Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee, which is a real nice playoff schedule. But it, again. It obviously is very dependent on your team. Um, if I had two solid quarterbacks, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't want to give up a late first, especially in this draft, because there's going to be so many quarterbacks in this draft that are going to be there for the, that late first round of your rookie draft that I might say, mm, not worth it. I'll speaking take of a quarterbacks, out.
0: Speaking of quarterbacks in the rookie draft, our boy Trey Lance, it looks like he might be slipping a little bit.
1: I know what is going on. It's just because it's just because North Dakota State hasn't been playing, so yeah. they, they, that's why. Uh, and also,
0: Kyle Trask is having a similar to Joe Burrow type season.
1: Yeah, he is So, you know,
0: <laughs> you might be able to pick him up the late first, early second. No, so,
1: if I could get Trey Lance with the late first, there's no chance I'm trading Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, uh, good point. That's a good point. Um. But I just think, you know, I don't see Aaron Rodgers retiring, even if the Packers do win the Super Bowl, which I feel like is such a long shot for the Packers. Um retire um, yeah. this year. I, uh, I think you still have three solid years, at least, of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going anywhere.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'd say around three years for Aaron Rodgers left. Uh, so the price is going to be higher. That team probably will want a first-round pick in in return, which – like I said, if you're really close, it's worth it. But if you have two quarterbacks that are comparable to Rogers, if you, even if you have like a Ben, I don't know. Like if Ben's your QB two, I, I I think you're okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that.
0: Would you do something along the lines of like I don't know OBJ and a twenty twenty two second
1: for Rogers? Yeah. Uh look, I'm down on on Odell, but uh, I don't think so. Odell's so still so young. I think he's only twenty seven still. Uh I know he's coming back off a pretty brutal injury into back into an offense that's not great. Uh not great. <laughs> not well or at least for receivers anyway. Wise, passing yeah. wise they're not yeah. great. So
0: <sighs> he's twenty eight, to clarify. Huh? See,
1: like, if I could trade Odell for Rodgers and a second, I would. I don't know if you'll get that, but...
0: super flex league, I just don't think you're going to see something like that.
1: No, but a lot of... It depends on how people value Odell still. I think a lot of people are down on him, especially with this injury. If you're telling me straight, I might consider it, but if I'm throwing draft capital on top of Odell, there's just not many players that I'd really do that for. Um... I would need, like, an elite player that I know I'm going to have for a decent amount of time. And I just – Rogers just has too many question marks for me. Between the team not not drafting a wide receiver or signing a wide receiver for him. Yeah, or Uh, trading for one. (laughs) Yeah, or even (laughs) trading for one at the deadline. Do something for the guy. Um, Drafting Jordan Love in the first round, uh, like – there's a, I think there's a good chance he doesn't end his career on the Packers, which Packers fans definitely do not want to hear after Brett Favre and all that nonsense that went on with him. But I think there's a good chance Rodgers finishes his career elsewhere. I don't know where, but I, 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 buying Rodgers is just such an iffy situation. And for me, I think he has finishes the season up strong. So if you are looking to compete and you're just that quarterback away, it's worth the first-round pick. But if you're probably still going to lose, even with the addition of Rodgers, I don't think it's worth it.
0: Uh, Yeah. Good points all around. Uh, Who's your running back playoff by?
1: My running back playoff by is Melvin Gordon. Uh, He had a few bad weeks in a row, but he bounced back last week with a big performance um, against the Dolphins. He had 15 carries, 84 yards, two touchdowns for 18, 18 18.4 points. Yeah. His playoff schedule consists of Kansas City, Carolina, and Buffalo. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Carolina, Buffalo, and the Chargers. I was a week off there. So it's a pretty nice schedule moving forward for Melvin Gordon. I see a lot of opportunities for him to rush the ball and get a lot of, you know, quick, you know, red zone touchdowns just like he did last week. Um, And he's a guy that I don't think will be that expensive. As he is in a timeshare with Philip Lindsay and is already twenty-seven, which is typically when running backs start to fall off. So I think you can get him for a pretty decent price and get a pretty good output for this year's playoffs, which is exactly what you're going to want in a playoff buy right now.
0: Yeah, just don't trade for him to be your chauffeur or anything. Don't don't drink and drive, folks. Um, <laughs> would you Would you give up a uh, mid-second for him? Yeah. Yeah, easily.
1: I wouldn't touch a first. I probably wouldn't even touch it if it was, you know, if you were had a pick that was supposed to be in the early second. But a mid-to-late second for a guy that could win you a championship, especially if you're just going to plug him in as maybe your flex or your second flex, depending on your league format, I think it's worth that, especially if you're that close where you're considering buying him.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, just – I don't know what his future outlook looks like.
1: No, um, that's why I think he's good, a goodbye for this year, future, unclear, like you're saying, just with Philip Lindsay, his own injury history, and his off-the-field issues in the past few weeks, like, it's not something you're gonna want long-term, he's not the guy that was everyone's, you know, running back one a few years back when he was with the Chargers, before the holdout and all that, so it's... It's, it depends on the price, but if you're saying you can get him for a second straight up, probably worth it for the playoffs for a contending team.
0: Yeah, that that's fair. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, grand scheme of things, like, if you're throwing away, like, a mid-second for the championship to really lock it up, like, who cares? Like,
1: <laughs> Championships are forever, my friend. Championships exactly. are forever. Um, oh, you got it. You're running
0: back there, JT. Yeah, so my guy's actually, you know, he's he's cheaper than many would be at his age at his position, considering he's a bell cow. It's David Montgomery. And I know what people are thinking, like, you know, he's probably not the long-term future for the Bears. He hasn't really done much for the team. Um, you know, he kind of just looks like a guy, you know, nothing special about him. But... There's no one else in this backfield. I mean, unless you count Cordero Patterson, who runs, you know, horizontal across the field for a negative two-yard play every third down. Like, (laughs) that's that's about it that the Bears have. Um, His playoff schedule is very nice. Actually, like, even starting now, like, I trade for him. Well, clearly, most teams are probably around the trade deadline right now if they have one at all. Um, He's got Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota in Jacksonville, as his teams to round out the season. And those are some of the worst run defenses in the league. And he's got no competition in his backfield. The question marks that, who's going to be the quarterback? Jake saying Maserati Mitch. I think he will be hey, the quarterback. Hey, for
1: this week, he was named the starter, I'm pretty sure. So,
0: yeah. So, okay, we have Mitch for this week. Um, You know, he's probably going to, like, his floor is going to be, like, 17 carries. Like, it's probably going to be in the 20s each week. <laughs> which is just I mean as long as he's not averaging three yards per carry and you know he scores a touchdown every week or so um he's going to be a very solid flex running back right there um and you could get him for pretty cheap I mean I know for a fact in our league he was traded in a package deal for Cortland Sutton it was Montgomery in early second this year and a third on uh, the following year we don't really know where that third will end up but you know, David Montgomery is second and third for Cortland Sutton is not bad, especially when you consider, like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen with David Montgomery in the future. We don't know what's going to happen with Cortland Sutton in the future. Jake said earlier this episode he tore his knee up, <laughs> according to the Broncos, uh, which is not great for any player. Um, you know, if you're looking to trade for Montgomery straight up, I don't know what would really what, – what do you think would do it, Jake? Would you give up, like – a mid-second for Montgomery, and do you think the Montgomery owner is selling him for a mid-second?
1: I, I don't think the Montgomery owner would sell him for a mid-second. I would buy it a mid-second for, for sure. Um, I think the Montgomery owner is going to want more of the, the late first, uh, early second range just because they put, you know, probably a top three pick into him two years ago mm-hmm. uh, with that draft class. I'm not the biggest Montgomery fan. I just – I, it's more the bears fault than his fault but you know running backs that that has a big impact on them and they usually don't get better in their second contract or on their second team they usually don't get better so it's he's just in a tough spot and i feel bad for him but he's not to me i would only buy at that mid second price and i really don't see the the owner selling at that
0: yeah I also don't really see him, you know, getting that second contract. Like, he's just looked strictly okay. Um, He'll probably end up on another team where he'll probably fade to irrelevancy. But, man, when you look at that playoff schedule and you look at the teams he gets, (laughs) like, there's no way he would have to be playing. Like, he'd have to get injured,
1: really to bust on, on like... He'd
0: like, so,
1: have to be not be playing to be bad in this those games.
0: I don't even know, like, I can't even tell you, like, who the toughest defense is here. Like, Minnesota, maybe? Like, they're all really bad, like, for run defenses, at least. Like, Green Bay gets slashed by everyone. Like, I don't know. And for, for this year, if you need that running back and you're going for the playoffs... I can't find more of, like, a surefire guy to snag on, the, on cheap, a cheap price than David Montgomery. But, yeah, moving on, who's your uh, playoff by wide receiver?
1: Um, it's a guy that's tied to one of the guys we were talking about earlier. It's Mike Williams. And he's tied to, obviously, Justin Herbert in that offense. Um, they have a good schedule for the playoffs. In the playoffs, they have Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Denver – We're all not great Defense is there. There's a good chance that he could put up some big games. Even last week, I know he was against the Jets, but he had four catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. So he's starting to play well. Um, Obviously he's one of Herbert's favorite targets, not named Keenan Allen. So uh, I don't, I don't think the price would be that high on him. And he's the guy that has a good schedule, good quarterback could easily help your team in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, he's someone where he's he's a tough one for me. What I think he's worth that. because I think the per what the person owns him at, they probably want at least a late first. I think, right? No,
1: I don't
0: I, think so. I, I think at the very least they're gonna want like an early second for him for Mike Williams. You don't think so?
1: The thing that's gonna that's gonna drive up his price is that he's only twenty six. And he's tied um, to Herbert. And he's tied to Herbert. Well, so, actually, we don't know that yet
0: because I think this is a contract year for him.
1: Um, one, two, three. This is his fourth year. He was a first-round pick, so they have that fifth year if they want it. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they'll pick it up probably.
0: That's true. So, you know, at the very least, you're, you're probably getting one more year of Mike Williams with him. Who knows afterwards? But, yeah, he is – Tied to Herbert for at least another year, apparently. Um, he's he's a weird player. Like, you know, he's had one year where he's had a 1,000-yard um, season, and then he's had another year where he scored, what was it, like 10 touchdowns? Yeah, he's had one year where he's a 1,000-yard receiver, and in a different year he scored 10 touchdowns. If you can get them both together,
1: that's like wide receiver one numbers, but
0: we haven't seen that yet.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, this year through – this year he has 500 yards and four touchdowns through uh, nine games he's played. So he's on pace for, there, but Yeah, he's probably on pace for about six, seven touchdowns and 800 yards, which is not a bad season for a guy. And it's, it'll probably get better if, as long as Herbert stays there and he stays there. So not a bad buy. I just think the price is not horrible and you get some upside, and you get a good schedule in the playoffs. So not a horrible buy right now.
0: I'd probably buy him at an early second price. That's like as high as I'd go. I would not be willing to give up the first for Mike Williams. Um, yeah, so right around an early second is what the max I'd be willing to give up for him is.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you wanted to throw in a vet wide receiver to sweeten the deal for the team, or even just a receiver valued lesser and give him some less compensation in, in the draft, that makes sense as well. But I think he's a solid receiver. Yeah. Um, Who you so my,
0: yeah, my guy, it's someone that we kind of covered in depth earlier. He was your trending up player, so I, I won't go too in depth on him. But it's kind of a nice mixture of he's playing really well, better than expected. And his quarterback has a very easy schedule. So in turn, he's going to have a pretty easy schedule as well. That's Antonio Brown. Um, you know, as a 32-year-old wide receiver, he definitely still doesn't carry the same kind of weight that he did two and a half years ago, basically, where he was considered one of the top receivers in the league. Um, I, I don't know. Like, you are an Antonio Brown owner. What would you be looking for uh, for him?
1: I, I've been try- actually trying to sell him because I just picked up Adam Thielen this week. For um, Slayton in a second, pretty much was the deal. Which I thought for
0: was a nice deal for you, especially the contending team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Slayton. I think he has a good some good uh, good upside moving forward. I I think he needs really a big time threat on the opposite of him to to really break out, um, which is possible. The Giants have been linked to Galladay and Allen Robinson for this offseason, so I'd be interested to see that. But as a contending team, to get up a guy that's in Adam Thielen, that's Been amazing this year. True wide receiver one numbers. um, Great for the playoff run. But now I have Antonio sell. So I've been asking teams for – like, I've been asking contending teams for, like, you know, their second. So, you know, mid to late second. Um, Nothing crazy. Nothing wild. But that's what I would be looking for. If a team said, hey, I'll give you an early third, I wouldn't – early third and maybe a third in the following year. Like, I – not nothing crazy. Just, just some decent draft compensation.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I, I can't imagine him costing much more than that, just because of his age and he, he still is a ticking time bomb. But
1: oh, he's a complete time bomb. That's <laughs> why I'm trying to trade him now before <laughs> something happens, because something's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, but you know, give up two thirds for someone that you think can really help your playoff chances. Like, it's fine with me. You know.
1: Yeah. It, like it's just a, it's. It's a pretty much no risk, no reward, or no risk trade. There is a reward to it. Um, No risk in terms of you're giving up pretty much picks that nine times out of ten don't hit, just that by that third round there's just not many players left, and the ones that are there are just kind of dart throws and you hope something sticks. Um, For a guy that could help you win a championship is definitely worth it to me.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so who's your playoff buy for tight end, our last position group?
1: Yeah, it's a guy that we talked about earlier. He had a pretty shitty week, but a big donut. Um, It's Hayden Hurst. Uh, Obviously, the Falcons, you said, have been trending in the wrong direction, which is very true. Um, But they got a nice playoff schedule, and he is still tight end 10 on the year. I know that doesn't take much. It just takes a few touchdowns and a few decent games for a tight end to be relevant, really. But he does get um, the Chargers, the Bucks, and the Chiefs in the upcoming weeks. So it could be a decent uh, – they'd probably be down in those games a bunch and be throwing. So I could see Hayden Hurst having a few good weeks if you were really desperate at tight end.
0: Yeah, tight end's been the weakest position definitely this year. Other than you've had Kelsey, who's been phenomenal and above and beyond the next one. Uh, Kittle's been hurt. Then you've really got Waller and I guess Andrews, who's had a couple nice weeks. And then Hawkinson is probably the, the top five. And like sprinkle in, I guess, a little bit of Johnny Smith and a couple other players. But you just haven't really been seeing a lot of solid tight end production from really anyone. Like just such a toss up of who
1: the top 12 tight ends are going to be. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. where there's no – outside of Kelsey, really, this year, Hawkinson's been good. Andrew's been inconsistent but had a few nice games. And John, who I think has the most touchdowns of any um, tight end in the league, if I'm not wrong, or I think he's tied with Kelsey for the most touchdowns in the league by a tight end. Mm-hmm. So, outside of those four guys with Kittle Hurt, um, it, it's really been toss-up. I just think you got to play – Um, The matchups a lot of times, which is why I like Hurst. Um, And with uh, Julio being a little injured again, Ridley's already a little injured. There's going to be some games probably where there's going to be some targets up for grabs. I just don't think Hayden Hurst is going to cost you a whole lot. But he could produce if you were really, really looking for a tight end there.
0: Yeah, and he's probably someone that owners probably bought into. Uh, coming into this offseason. They were hearing such great things that he was moving from the Ravens offense to the Falcons uh, where they targeted the tight end position a lot. Um, If they didn't move him, they were probably getting really excited about him because they knew what was going to happen. So so they probably soured on him seeing what's actually happened and how he hasn't really lived up to that hype. Um, What would do it for the trade? Late second? Early third?
1: Yeah. Not much. And (laughs) As, like you were saying, I was a guy that actually was an owner of Hurst before the season started in the offseason, and I got an owner very, very interested, and I actually ended up getting Michael Gallup in that trade for Hayden Hurst, which was, I think, a steal, even though Gallup's really not been much without Dak. But yeah, a they've both different. had
0: disappointing season so far, but I like yeah. Gallup's future more.
1: Yeah, Gallup's just a young wide receiver. Um, I think he's he's a free agent after next season. So if he wants out of that crowded Dallas receiving core, he can easily get out. Um, and he's still young and has a lot of talent. He's a thousand yard receiver that has shown he's legit in the NFL and no one can really question his talent. So definitely a guy I'd rather have than Hayden Harris right now.
0: Yeah. So um, speaking of guy that's really young and a thousand yard receiver, <laughs> my guy, my guy is – Neither of those things. <laughs> and my playoff buy at tight end is 34-year-old Jimmy Graham. Um, he plays for the Bears, and they have a schedule against the Texans, the Vikings, and the Jaguars, which are all teams that really struggle to cover against the tight end position. Um, he's kind of struggled. I, he did have that one really solid game against the Titans, but he has struggled the past few weeks prior to that. Um. I just like Jimmy Graham in this kind of like, you know that the Bears are gonna try and make that postseason push. They're like right there. They're all, they're one of those like outside looking in teams. Um, he's one of the few red zone threats they really have. Um, I just like Jimmy Graham, and he's someone that could be pot, like bought for pennies. Like if you're really struggling at the tight end position and are just like, you know, you're throwing in Mo Ali Cox and like, I don't know, like. Drew Sample at your tight end position, like Jimmy Graham, I don't even know what, like, like a fourth round pick, like what, what would people be willing to give up for Jimmy Graham?
1: I mean, I, I guess, like, I think people, I think the seller would want a third um, just because he is tight end 12 this year. He's had a decent year, but he is 34. Um, he signed through next year with the bears who gave him way too much money.
0: But, <laughs> to get, like, their 10th tight end. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I, I think, you know, a mid-to-late third, which is a contending team third, um, will get the job done. He's obviously not worth very much anymore. He's not the, the tight end one that he used to be with uh, New Orleans and even Seattle.
0: Yeah, um, that, that basically wraps up our, our playoff buys and our, our show for this week uh next week's probably be a longer episode where we're going to go through in depth our you know predictions and everything and what we got right and wrong um you know not really looking forward to that one as much for <laughs> it could be a <laughs> day reckoning you have any bad takes
1: that you want to just out right now jt get it out in the open no
0: you know all i'm gonna say is i was, I was i'm feeling good about my russell gage slander that you guys uh You know, you got on me about that week two and three, but I'm feeling a lot better about that take now. We got a lot of takes to go over. Um, But, yeah, we kept this one short and sweet. Um, Let us know what you think. You know, we've had some that range into, like, the two-and-a-half-hour range to some that are, like, an hour-and-a-half. This one's probably only going to be about an hour. Um, Let us know what the sweet spot is for the length of episode that you want to listen to. Um, or, or if you don't want to hear a voice at all, but if you have any <laughs> mean comments, direct those to Jake. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, third uh, and twenty, three R D, and two zero underscore on Twitter, uh, 3rdand20.com. and third and twenty. We're now on YouTube. Um, Frank Lunis and Steed, like I mentioned earlier, they you know broke down what happened with Carson Wentz, where, where they think he's going in the future. They did a similar thing about Daniel Jones. Uh, it's great stuff if you're into football, especially dynasty football, and you're looking to make moves um, coming into this playoff season and the off offseason. Um, but that's all I got. Um, thank you guys for listening. And, Jake, I'll, if you got anything to add, feel free.
1: Nope. Thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Like JT said, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, check out the website. We'd love to have, hear your feedback. Tweet at us. DM us, whatever you need. Let us know. Thanks, guys. Again, all all mean comments to Jake. I'll I'll take the nice ones. Thanks, guys. (laughs)